0: Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Monash. On today's show, we're talking about the tax changes that could affect real estate investors following the U.S. election. The 2017 changes to the tax code brought a number of new initiatives that were very beneficial to real estate investors. Top of the list were three changes number one, bonus depreciation, number two, opportunity zones, and number three, step up in basis. Robert Kiyosaki's rich dad advisor on accounting is Tom Wheelwright. Tom is the author of the best-selling book called Tax-Free Wealth. It's newly updated and current to the tax code changes as of 2018. Tom has taken the time to read through the proposals from the Biden campaign to understand what they could mean for real estate investors. Tom's analysis is that each of these moves would be bad for real estate investors. We should be moving to take advantage of them in 2020 while we still can. Of course, we don't know for sure what the new administration will do. What was promised during the election campaign may or may not be implemented in practice. The Biden campaign vowed to reverse the Trump tax changes and go a step further by eliminating the sheltering of capital gains under Section 1031 of the tax code. But even if bonus depreciation gets canceled, 1031 gets canceled, and step-up in basis gets canceled, there's a good chance that opportunity zones would survive. According to a new report in the industry magazine called Accounting Today, is an article that sheds some light on the creation of the Opportunity Zone concept. It turns out that Joe Biden's team sees potential in the idea as well. One of Biden's top economic advisors co-wrote the white paper that led to their creation. And Vice President-elect Kamala Harris has pointed to Opportunity Zones as a way to spur entrepreneurship. Their campaign website listed ways of reforming rather than repealing the policy. Steve Glickman's a former Obama administration official who pushed for the incentives. He now runs a consulting firm called Develop Advisors, specifically for investors looking to create Opportunity Zone funds. Steve used to be the leader of the Economic Innovation Group, a bipartisan Washington-based research and policy organization, and when he was founder and CEO at EIG, he was the architect, and EIG conceptualized the program and drafted the underlying legislation. Was ultimately co-sponsored by Tim Scott, a Republican from South Carolina, and Cory Booker, a Democrat from New Jersey. It all means that opportunity zones, a bit of controversial piece of legislation, are likely to endure even as Biden vows to roll back many of President Trump's policies. Still, there's growing agreement on both sides of the political aisle that the rules need to be fine-tuned to prevent abuse. That means restricting the types of investments in those zones and bringing more reporting to the process. The bipartisan group of lawmakers who introduced the bill in 2016 to enact the idea never got the legislation to reach the floor for a vote. And it wasn't until 2017 when Republican Tim Scott successfully got the modified version into the tax overhaul that Trump signed into law. The governors then nominated the census tracts, creating roughly 8,800 zones where investors would qualify for those tax breaks. The benefits are generous. First, investors get to defer paying capital gains taxes for up to a decade if they sell appreciated investments and roll the proceeds into a fund targeting those opportunity zones. The sweetener comes later. A business or real estate project by a fund for at least a decade isn't subject to capital gains when eventually sold. Funds targeting opportunity zones have gathered hundreds of millions of dollars, often for real estate investments. Yet the benefit to the poor residents is hard to track without really much public data. Supporters are confident that the incentives are creating worthwhile investments. But then there's a few outlier examples of investors looking to create luxury developments in opportunity zones or on the edge of opportunity zones, are sort of threading the needle between the intention of the opportunity zone and what's actually allowed in practice. Last month, the Government Accountability Office in Washington issued a 28-page report on opportunity zones. And in that paper, the Accountability Office identified two matters for congressional consideration including the Congress, provide the Treasury with the authority and responsibility to collect data and report on the Opportunity Zone performance. President-elect Biden has put transparency at the core of his plan for overhauling Opportunity Zones. Senator Scott said his top priority is adding reporting requirements. A bill that he introduced in December would direct the Treasury to post data annually on investment funds claiming the tax breaks and to track job growth, poverty reduction, and other economic indicators at five-year intervals. Senator Wyden, the top Democrat on the Senate Finance Committee, proposed another bill with lots of other restrictions attached. It's possible we may see a reassignment of opportunity zones. There have been some critics that have taken issue with the selection of certain zones, such as some trendy arts districts in Los Angeles and parts of Brooklyn. Some have suggested that replacing those that don't meet traditional ideas of struggling neighborhoods with those that are more economically depressed. As you think about that, pay very close attention to what's being proposed in the upcoming tax code. Have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. Talk to you again tomorrow.